Hello, and welcome to The Porch with Alicia Barlow. Hi, I'm Alicia Barlow, author of The Porch, a place for enjoyment, conversation with people, reflection, and encouragement. Hello, it's Alicia here with The Porch, and I am here with Antoinette Webster. Yes. I met Miss Webster, oh, maybe a month or two ago, at an event put on by Possibilities Incorporated. And I tell you, you have just really touched my heart. I mean, you 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 have aspirations, and um, you really are work, wanting to, to do some things. You have a passion for for your vision, which is wonderful, and it's wonderful to see that in such a young person. Um, Antoinette um, has a vision of developing a mini mart, a mini market, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But I want let's kind of find out who Antoinette is, you know. And t- t- tell us about about yourself a little bit. Um, so just a little bit about myself. Um, I was born and raised here in Oklahoma City. Um, starting out on the northeast side of Oklahoma City, um, nine years old, I moved to the west side of Oklahoma City, attending Western Heights High School um, throughout my elementary, middle school, and high school years. Um come from a very large family from both my mother and my father's side. Um, we're all from um, Oklahoma City. Of course, we have roots that tie back to uh, Michigan, Atlanta, um, North Carolina, California. Okay, we have roots all, all, over, over. all over the place. All over. Um, but yeah, I am an Oklahoma City native. Uh, as I mentioned, come from a very big family. So I am an aunt to several. I am a sister. I am a daughter. I am a granddaughter. Uh, I am a friend, um, and, and so much more. All right, and you're you're a graduate of Western Heights yes, High School, and I spoke with you over the weekend. And at the time, you were telling me that you were hosting. Yes. Not just participating in, but you were hosting yes. an alumni, alumni basketball tournament. Yes. Now, how does that come about, and why did you decide to do something of that sort? So, um, with basketball, um, for those of you who do not know, basketball, I would like to say, was my first love. Um, it was a sport that I grew a strong uh, connection to at a very young age. You know, outside of, I also did karate. I did karate for about five years, earning a second degree black belt. From then, um, when you kind of advance out, um, I grew a connection to basketball. So at the age of seven, I had been playing basketball at a competitive level. Um, I think I was about 12 years old. So being granted with the opportunity to play basketball and being blessed with an amazing talent that God gave me, I was able to earn a scholarship to the University of Tulsa. So that's where I played uh, at the collegiate level, women's basketball for four years. And then after graduating college, um, I kind of took a break um, because at that time, you know, I did not further my opportunities with playing basketball. So I kind of took a break to figure out you know, what it is that I really want to do. So outside of that break, I took a break from, you know, just playing around and playing competitive for about three years. Okay. And then I missed it. 
<laughs> I, I, I missed it so much. So uh, I did some reflecting as far as, you know, at a point in time, this sport was a sport that kept me focused. It kept me out of trouble. It kept me healthy. Um, it kept me disciplined. So the structure of this sport, it is such a big part of who I am. And I know that a lot of people from my high school was feeling that way. Okay. And a lot of those guys were not granted the opportunity to further their career with basketball at the collegiate level. So when you graduate from high school, it's like life hits, reality hit. And unfortunately, where I come from, um, you end up three places, dead in jail or selling drugs on the block. So a lot of those people, they fell into that route. You know what I'm saying? But as I mentioned previously, basketball, it's a disciplined sport. So while you're in high school, a lot of these players were disciplined. But the sad fact, the reality out of high school. The discipline was lost. It was lost. So I came up with the idea, you know, just seeing a lot of these places, seeing a lot of these people, um, be re-entered back into society from incarceration. And, oh, so so you you knew that some of your oh, yeah. you, that that yeah. it actually occurred. The beautiful the beautiful thing with social media, you know, we stay up to date with a lot of things and a lot of people within our lives. So um, I thought this would be a great idea. I was like, okay, I love basketball again. I want to do it, and I think it'll be a, a great opportunity to bring these people back together who has such a strong passion for it. Let's see if it's still there. So I reached out to a lot of people, and it was still there. We were able to get eight teams, 64 people, and it was an amazing, it was an amazing crowd. So it was, it was the first for Western Heights High School, but it was an awesome turnout. So I plan to do something like this annually um, while also um, wanting to get on the um, association board as far as being a middle school coach at Western Heights High School. So that's just a small part of me giving back to a place where well, I that come That is from. wonderful. Yeah. That is wonderful. You you approached the, uh, the administrators of the high school and they were all for it. Oh, yes. And for you to have 64 players, that's amazing it was it was a beautiful experience people was excited to see each other because you have some people who hadn't seen each other in 10 years and 20 years like I told you we had alumni dating back from 2003 all the way to the new era of 2022 so it was it was a lot of um, reconnecting, a lot of hugs, a lot of laughs. It was just a lot of love. It was beautiful. It that's was great. beautiful. That's that's I love it. Yeah. I love it. You know, you have that passion of just bringing people together, which I think is what's what's going to catapult you into your your vision here yes. of of developing this mini mart. Now, you you graduated from Tulsa University with the what was your degrees in? So my major was in communications, and I had a minor in deaf education. Okay. All right. And what brought about that desire to major in deaf education? I, I really. Um, so uh, when choosing a minor, we had to choose from, I believe there were three different, um, there were three different choices that I had at the time. It was French, there was Spanish, and then there was uh, deaf education, American Sign Language. Mm-hmm. I had taken Spanish 
Spanish one and Spanish two in high school. So kind of thinking of it, I was like, I've already done this before. So it was between French and deaf education. French, I had asked around. I was like, what do you, you know, what do you guys think about French? And then we had a, um, uh, I forgot what we used to call it. She's kind of like a mentor. She's like our mentor. Then I asked her about French. She was like, um, French is a beautiful language, but it is kind of tough. Um, so I think when she said tough in that moment, it kind of psyched me out. Yeah. And then I, I believe at that time I did some research about uh, deaf education. And we also had some hard of hearing students on campus. And it was always wanting to get to know, like, what are they saying or what are they it's doing? It's a beautiful language. And it just, at the time, it looked so cool when they're signing. I was just like, they're so passionate into what they're saying and to n not be able to use your voice in the way that some probably want to or how the general public typically uses our voice. It's so beautiful how they're able to communicate with each other. And I wanted to be a part of that. Although there is this little thing, um, they had uh, people who really don't speak sign language at that time. This was in 20, between 2015, 2016. It was frowned upon. If you don't speak sign language, they're very critical of the way you sign. Uh, it's kind of like a, they're their own, they're their own entity. So it was kind of frowned upon. So I wanted to be the best at it. So I took ASL 1, ASL 2, ASL 3, ASL 4. I really wanted to equip myself and be a part of the community. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. So we did a lot of things as far as volunteering at elementary schools, because you also, you, of course, you have hard of hearing students, um, teenagers and adults. So um, it was just, it was a beautiful language and just hear, not necessarily hearing, but just seeing them so passionate and wanting to do something so bad. And you will see some of these people telling the story. If you can understand what they're saying, it's just, it's just, it's, it's well, so, I think it's a lot so of beautiful. I saw so how beautiful love. the language is yes. during the Super Bowl. I mean, yes. the young lady who signed um, during this, she was just amazing. Yes, she was. And so it is a beautiful language. And listening to you, again, that is another component of just knowing where you're wanting to go, yes. how you got involved in learning um, the language um, and knowing and understanding what it's about in the community. I think that is really going to catapult you into. Again, your vision of Nets Mini Mart. Oh yes, absolutely. Nets Mini Market. So let's let's talk about that. What is this? What what is it that you're wanting to do, and where where are you trying to go from from here to get there? Yes. So Nets Mini Market. We are a. For those of you who do not know, we are a community wellness company who focuses on bringing healthier food options to the community. Now, this is a project that I started um, in 2020 when COVID very first took place or it was at the peak of, um, it was at the spike. And um, 
at this time, I was employed at Planet Fitness. I was the club manager there. Um, I was employed at Planet Fitness for seven years. That was my going on my seventh year um, that October. And uh, a lot was happening at that time because of COVID. You had spike in prices. You had people suffering of food insecurity. Those who were in, uh, you had people being furloughed from those jobs and people losing those jobs and employment, unemployment had hit a spike. So there was a lot that was going on at that time. And back then I was so, I was so involved into my work where I would kind of um, disconnect the outside world. Um, it was just work, 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 work. I would work all the time. So being furloughed, I mentioned out there, sometimes we have to do nothing. You know what I'm saying? So I was forced to sit still. And during that time of sitting still, I had the opportunity to see what was going on around me so close to home. So during this time, I would spend a lot of time with my grandmother who lives within the food desert community, um, who is a part of that underserved community. And this is Northeast Oklahoma City. This is Northeast Oklahoma City. So, you know, just being dissatisfied with reality and always having that strong need to wanting to help. Mm -hmm. uh, like I said, I was just dissatisfied and I wanted to do something to help because it was not just only my grandmother. It was the community I'm sorry, it was the community around her. It was other elderly people. It, there was children. You know what I'm saying? Um, at this time, also, I had a nephew who uh, lived with my grandmother. So it wasn't only her who was, you know, facing these battles. It was other people. But thank God for COVID, it hit so close to home to where I was able to sit down and say, I want to do this. You know what I'm saying? So... Um, I resigned from my corporate job and I decided to give Nets Mini Market 110% of my attention. What made you decide to do a mini market versus something else? Yeah, so um, during this time, I was also, I, like I said, I spent a lot of time at my grandmother's house and she used to tell me a lot of stories about what the northeast side of Oklahoma City used to look like when she grew up. So at this time, um, I mean, back in her time, she's seen a lot of juice shops, bodegas, uh, doctor's offices, barbershops. It was just a thriving community. Okay. And what area are you talking about? Um, the Northeast 4th Street area, okay. or you can go as far up uh, as 23rd area. Okay. At this time, it was just, it was a thriving community. But specifically at the time that she's speaking about, it was Northeast 2nd Street all the way up to about Northeast 8th Street. So um, there was just a lot of thriving Black-owned businesses at that time. Well, if you go into those communities now, you see nothing like that, at least within this area, within the lower east side of Oklahoma City. So right next to her house, there's this building and we were walking one day. My grandma, she takes a lot of walks um, around her neighborhood. It's quiet. There was this market. It, it was called Eminem Mark. 
And uh, I asked her, I said, well, what did this used to be? She said, yeah, and this used to be a grocery store. And I was like, this used to be a grocery store and nobody has thought of placing a grocery store within this food desert area. No one has thought of this. Mm-hmm. Boom. So the light hit. Okay. I didn't even tell her that it hit. I was just listening to her. I went home. I have this orange notebook and I started down writing all these notes. I first got to writing down the logo. I'm a logo. I'm a picture person first. What would this look like? So I wrote down the picture. I did a lot of writing. Um, I did some research to see uh, what was free and accessible for small business entrepreneurs. What do I need? Because this is my first time as far as betting on myself. When it comes to running a business, um, I did that with Planet Fitness for almost seven years, but that was running someone else's business. So what would it look like to run my own business? Connected with Scora and the SBA and doing all these things. Um, and they helped me create a business plan. I had to do a lot of research when it comes to, and it's still an ongoing process when it comes to how many people are you wanting to serve? Is a grocery store able to sustain within this community? Because when you're talking about a food desert community, you can't just bring a grocery store within this community without knowing their financial capabilities because otherwise that grocery store won't last. And we've seen that disappointment within the east side several times. Um, they previously had a grocery store on Northeast 2nd Street. And something that I've learned about the Northeast community, when you actually do not take the time to get to know what it is that your neighbors want, your business will struggle. So you have to take that time to knock on those doors and ask, what is it that you would like to see within this community? Because you're talking to a community of mm, 45 to 72-year-old women and men who has ownership. So they've been here for a while. They've seen the flips, the ups and downs and turns of this community. These are the people that you're wanting to serve. So you have to be intentional with knocking on their door, shaking their hand. Hello, I'm Antoinette. I'm the founder of Nets Mini Market. I want to start an institution within this community. How can I help? What is it that you want to see? So it was a lot of those conversations Um it was a lot of... Uh, How's the support been with the, within the community? How have they responded to that? To the lower east side, uh, it's been really great support from the Harrison and Walnut community. Um, those are um, members of the neighbors of the community that I've met with a lot. Um, I think over the time from 2020 up until now, everyone loves the idea and they're supportive. They're on board. They see the vision. They see the need. Okay. And because the community is growing, it, it's a, a community that the city and I think people overall want to invest back into. So there's an increase within population. So the support is there. And I think the thing, not I think, what I'm lacking right now is the financial capabilities. So as I mentioned to you, I am trying to find public and private partnerships to help or like-minded individuals, whether that's an investor, an asylum investor, someone of like minds who is wanting to see uh, the benefits of Nets Mini Market within a thriving community. Um, so I think that's where we are right now. As I mentioned, it's still an ongoing process. 
there's so many resources, but there's still so there's so much to do and um, so many more relationships to build to make this, um, I think, a successful launch and a successful process. And now you say we, so you have people that are actually working with you through this process? N- not consistently. Um, I've met with um, um, Miss Hernandez. She is the senator of... Oh, I'm just going to kick my butt. But I met with her at the Asian Brick and Bread community, and um, she's connected me with uh, Miss Valerie McCurry, who is... Um, she does a lot of work with Metro Tech, and she's involved with nonprofits. So... There's a lot of meetings that I've had, but no meeting at this time has stuck. You know what I'm saying? It's very brief meetings. So I think at this time of my life, it's just being intentional with having meetings and allowing those meetings to stick so we can continuously have follow-ups that can lead to something greater. Because this is not a project that I want to just continue to linger on and then you have someone come in and start a grocery store. It's something that I want to be proactive and happen as soon as possible. If it can early within the 2024 era, era, but, um, I know that they are doing a lot of work down in that area. Um, have you spoke with people that are doing some development, um, down there? I know there's incubators and, um, Empowerment District, they, they talked about the Empowerment District. Have you spoken with some of those people to kind of get some ideas or find out what can be done, that can, how they can assist you? in? Yes. in- yeah, so as you mentioned, uh, it is a thriving community, so it is growing at this time. And um, in 2022, 2022-2023, I had the opportunity to meet with the project developers of the Paige Woodson project that is currently taking place on the Northeast uh, 4th Street area. And um, the beautiful thing about what they're bringing to the community is one, they're bringing more houses, housing, and they're also bringing more retail. Um, Well, they're bringing retail because we don't have any retail at all when it comes to the lower quadrant. So what they're building is a uh, live workspace. And I was able to have the opportunity to be granted with the space at that time when I was speaking with them, I was able to be granted with a space of, it was about 600 square footage to about 800 square footage for um, a minute market. Um, At that time, I um, was still seeing a bigger vision for a net to mini market. Uh, I want it to be actual, not necessarily a full service grocery store, but just a little bit smaller than the market at East Point. That's a 7,000 square footage building. The building that I am currently seeking uh, is 3,000 square footage. And I think from a longevity point of view, um, I eventually do want to seek uh, ownership and I think when it comes to um, just a long-term goal I don't think at this time that's the best decision Um, but at the end of the day it is an option so if you know 
if the time is right and that is an option and I have to or I choose to go that route, I'm grateful that it is an opportunity. So it's still an opportunity. Um, I just haven't been set on a decision at this time, but it's definitely an opportunity. Have you spoken with um, the owners of the building that, that you're having? Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, so I've spoken with the owners of both opportunities that I have. Um, both are on board. Um, it's just with one, with one who has the, uh, pri- he's a private landowner. And specifically with that building, um, I have to raise the funds myself. So, uh, of course, he would do his part when it comes to renovation because it is his building ultimately and it's not for sale, it's for lease. So he would still have to do his due diligence with uh, the preparation of that building. Um, we were able to get a slight letter of intent. And then I've also spoken with the uh, project developers developers of um, um, the Page Woodson project. Um, and they're very supportive as well. Um, they have a lot of um, financial connections and resources as well to get the opportunity in line. There's, yeah, there's a there's a lot of limitations with both. You just have to strategically weigh your options. And I think with this being my first time within the entrepreneurship, um, within entrepreneurship, I'm sorry. I think I just want to do everything strategically because I'm talking about laying my life foundation. You know what I'm saying? So um, it's just I want to be very cautious when it comes to signing any lease or anything because and that's right to do. I, I've heard some stories about, you know, first time entrepreneurships and I mean, first time entrepreneurs and they get those, themselves into these bonds and their business don't even last. And, you know, three years later, they're in debt that they can't get out of. And I do not want to be a part of that at all. A few, a couple of months ago, I had a lady on the podcast. Um, she is the business manager or, um, manager of some sort for REI Women's Business. Have you, do you, have you heard of them? And oh, yeah. You, okay. Do you have some connections with them and have you kind of spoken with them to kind of get some ideas? They're very, very um, supportive yeah. in regarding to assisting women who are wanting to start up businesses. Yeah. So um, REI, they are, I've met them, um, it was about two years ago okay. also. And uh, even recently last year when they launched a, um, it was a grant program for um, first time entrepreneurs, small businesses, startup businesses. And um, when it comes to their loan process, uh, because initially what I was trying to do, and I think I'm still trying to do because it is an option, was go the loan route. And um, so the total calls for the startup of NetMoney Market is $260,000. With most financial entities, they are wanting uh, the from anywhere from the 10% or the 20% of the down payment. At that time, and still to this time, I do not have that 10% nor that 20%. So um, it's one, doing a um, crowdfunding I've done one crowdfunding funding in 2020, and I was able to raise uh, $6,000 in, I believe, two months. So we're still sitting on that. So I still have a little bit more raising to do, but I'm trying to figure out the best way 
to do that raising rather than pulling from a community who does not have it and just trying to figure out what's the best financial route, what is the best way to do a uh, crowd fu- crowd um, funding raising. Okay. So for people who may be listening and someone who that, that may have some ideas or may have some resources for you, how can they get in contact with you to let you know what they know? Yeah. So a couple of different ways that people can get in contact with me, with me, it's one through social media. You can follow me at Nets Mini Market dot, uh, Nets Mini Market. I'm sorry, on Facebook. Um, www.netsminimarket.com um, through Safari you can search it or uh, my Gmail is netsminimarket at gmail.com or my direct phone number is 405-982-0052 okay alright so hopefully you know there's people out there and there's lots of people that have business and minds and know of resources that will hopefully contact you and say, hey, here's some resources, here's some information um, for you. And I I think with entrepreneurs too, everyone has been in this situation at a point of time. You know, um, the people who are currently within entrepreneurship and have their own businesses, at a point in time, they were just like me. You know, it it was once just an idea. It was once just an idea. So, you know, at this time of my life, I am forced to be still, but that doesn't mean counterproductive. There you, go. you know what I'm saying? So um, I definitely, there's it, a lot of things. I have to be st- strategic in the conversations that I have, and I have to be cautious mm-hmm. in the type of conversations that I have with people. It's just, it's forcing me to be more aware because it is a beautiful idea, and there is a lot of excitement that comes about it. Um, where I have to be very cautious because um, I fell into a lot of situations early on that um, was not in my best interest. So it's learning from those and, um, you know, just just being very mindful when having conversations with um, with different people about what it is you want to do. Well, I tell you, you know, I, I follow you and. I look at your post and you can see the passion even in your post. And that, like I said, you're talking about the things that you've done through the high school alumni, the passion there, the passion that you had with learning ASL. Um, and so this passion is continuing and I hear it and it is, it is not, it is very evident. And so um, I, I believe, I believe in you. And I believe it's going to do well. Thank you, Miss Alicia. Um, and so whatever the, we can do, and hopefully people will reach out to you, uh, whatever I can do to provide resources or whatever information and, you know, whatever you know, we, I can do to kind of assist you in this process. I want to be able to be there for you. Um, again, you all heard her information. Annette's, Annette minimart.com correct and you can find her on facebook and she did provide her phone number as well if you want to do that again please do so be encouraged and be ready to be inspired with better ways to eat and better ways to hydrate yourself and 
ultimately just be prepared to be encouraged. Do you sell any of your smoothies that you post? I mean, they look so good. You're not the first person who asked me about that. Um, I do not. I think I just use that solely. I use it solely for advertisement. Now, I do believe if the demand was high enough, then yes, I would. But I think at this time, I think everything I do is solely for content content purposes and advertisement. Um, because my whole concept behind it is to draw the people in into what it is that I want to do. Then once the market get here, we may have a 10 by 10 square footed space that sells smoothies Mm -hmm. or that sell prepared meals. And you were able to see it first on Facebook because I advertised it two years ago rather than you just now finding out about it. So I think right now the intention is just just to draw the people in because uh, you know, when you're a small business owner, you you pretty much have to do everything yourself by yourself anyway when it comes to marketing, advertisement, meetings, all these other things, just initially. So this is just me getting my feet wet. I know, so. Well, I think they're wet. <laughs> they're wet. You're doing well. You're doing well in the water. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening and joining me on The Porch. Remember to take time to reflect, share memories, and engage with others on your porch. And I'll meet you here next time on The Porch, your podcast for community conversations. Brought to you by the Possibilities Podcast Platform.